Hello, welcome to Cameras or Whatever, the podcast for the working photographer. I'm Tyler Stallman. And I am Cameron Whitman. And I remembered, I've been thinking about this ever since we recorded our last show, that I had gotten to the habit of saying the podcast for the working professional photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, I said that a number of times. I don't know how many, but then I remembered that wasn't actually the original thing I was saying. <laughs> uh, I was just saying working photographer. And um, once I remembered that, it, it, it reminded me of you know what the show really is about. And the idea isn't necessarily to... I think the word professional people can get hung up on and oh, yeah. have long forum conversations about, and I don't know. And come to it, no conclusion over it. Yeah. It's, and it's kind of useless in the end. And so I, I intentionally wanted to avoid it at first. Um, and that the word working was meant to replace the word professional because it doesn't mean that you have to do it full time. Right. It doesn't mean that you have to be at a certain caliber of publications. It just means that you do this as a service to to other people or to other businesses and yeah, you do it as work. Yeah, exactly. And that's, um, that's who this is who we're talking to. And that's, I think it's also fair to say that some of those photographers that don't do it quote unquote professionally are probably better. Sure. Than some that do. Yeah. I mean, it has no, no bearing. I know, I know a guy I see at Calgary events all the time and he works in a office of an oil company and is at every event shooting photos and does a great job. And He's definitely a working photographer. I don't think you'd call himself professional because he has a more full-time job. But, um, you know, that's not that's not the important word. I'm a professional. You're all professionals <laughs> uh, in my eyes. <laughs> so anyway, hi, Cameron. Hi, Tyler. How are you? Good. Uh, before we started recording, we were just trying to figure out what the aperture of the human eye is. Um, I was asking what the, the widest maximum aperture Mm-hmm. And um, came across this article on popphoto.com uh, from Popular Photography Magazine. And it says that, oh, God, I'm actually not wearing my glasses right now, so I can't read my <laughs> computer screen right in front of me. Um, <laughs> it, it says, says something. Uh... Yeah, it, it varies from 8.3 in very brightly lit place to about 2.1 in the dark. This is just what Google brought up. I don't know if this is true. No, it makes sense to me because if you think about it, like when it's really bright, it's crazy, crazy bright outside and you're in your car, you come out of your car and you're not wearing sunglasses or something and, and you have yeah. to squint because you can't see anything Yeah, because it's too bright. So that makes sense because you can't stop down to F22. <laughs> yeah, right. Because I was going to say that the eight, that seems like too, um, I, I thought it would be a larger number, but you're, you're totally right. Squinting is how we go the rest of the way. It's like adding an ND filter. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. And 2.1, I mean, that's not very fast. Like that's not, uh, I would thought like 1.0 or something. 0.9. Yeah. And then I, but when you said that, I was thinking about it and I was thinking, well, you almost always see more depth than, than you'd see in a 1.0 lens. Unless it's like, but that black. is, a, that is a factor of the size of the sensor as well. Right. So yes. assuming our sensor is extremely small, but it's big. Yeah. <laughs> our so are is there, brain, what's our, like, what's our native ISO and what's our maximum <laughs> ISO? Well, okay. So they're de- really they're, good question. Honestly. There clearly is a, an analog between apertures, right? Like the, the, even use the same word. Aperture means the same thing in eyes and lenses, or eyes and glass lenses. Yeah. Um, is there a ISO? It's a really good question. Like a gain that gets turned up and down or is it all happening aperture or is it is it just our brain's interpretation is the iso check in wikipedia 
Well, neither of us are doctors, so uh, this is this would be a great thing for anybody to uh, write in about if if you can. Well, hey, you know what? There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of stuff on the Google, so so we have to get back to the audience on this, or yeah, we'll get have back to, to us. check back. Or, yeah, actually, you guys should answer the question on on our Twitter. Yeah, so uh, on Twitter, I'm at Stallman, and and I am at am I Camrocker? You probably are. You're different on everything, so that's why I never say it for you. <laughs> It's been a long, it's been a long career, this professional career. Uh, yeah. Cam rocker. C-A-M-R-O-C-R-E. Never mind. (laughs) Um, but also (laughs) before we dive into our topic this week, I, uh, also wanted to let everyone know that somebody launched a new portfolio website recently. Yeah. And it wasn't me. It was me. Believe it or not. (laughs) Yeah. Which was a running gag for the beginning of the show. So, uh, Yeah, no, good job. Um, it looks really great. I love your logo. I love your design. Tell me a bit about how you got to where it is and how you got it up. Well, I complained a lot mm-hmm. and uh, and my wife took care of everything, <laughs> literally, except yeah. for obviously I, I took the pictures. <laughs> well, what is it? Like, how was the site hosted and like, what did you end up using? Uh, Squarespace. Cool. Yeah, that was the one that, that she uh, liked the best in terms of working with it. Um, and once I saw where she was going with the, uh, with the trial, I was like, yeah, I'm totally on board. So it looked great. Yeah. I think it looks really, really nice. And now I feel like mine is dated. <laughs> it well, needs an that's update. the, that's the trick of web websites. It seems like you have to update it every two years or it looks old yeah. or you have to like, at least keep it active constantly. So that when people are checking back, they're actually seeing a change. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of the issue with mine is that it is designed in a way that it is unlikely to get updated. Um, it, I just, I'm not formatted well for growing it and yours is so. Well, I mean, that's also kind of changing with the times though, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, when you update your website, you, you don't do the same things that you did the to- first time or the second time or fifth time. Right. You know, you change it and and that's what we did. And I mean, it took us a long time, you know, it was like a year and a half. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But that's long paid off. Now it's, it's, it's really nice. And, uh, this it's CameronWhitman.com, right? Yep. Cool. Yeah. I wanted to go simple and that made a lot of sense, but you know what else I'm really excited about is, uh, we have a blog coming as well. Oh, cool. And, uh, what what kind of content will it be? Uh, it's mostly going to be about the food work that we do together. Mm Mm-hmm. But there'll also be, there'll probably be some film content in there as well. So is there going to be a written component as well, or will it mostly be photographs? Or? Um, a lot of it will be like recipe stuff. It's going to primarily be about our kitchen work. And so there might be like little extensions to other things, but I'm pretty sure it's mostly going to be focused on that. Okay. And she's, I mean, she's driving that car. Awesome. I, I, I don't have that talent <laughs> at all. Yeah, there's the cooking. That's one thing. And the styling. I mean, those things are, are harder than the photography, in my opinion. Yeah, I can't do it. I don't, I don't think that many people can. And, you know, it wasn't like she just snapped her fingers and all of a sudden it, it became something that we were more proud of. I think it was just, you know, it was years of struggling and toiling and being unsatisfied. And then finally getting clients and, and getting that kind of feedback, you know, getting, getting client critique. Mm-hmm. And then being able to look at it a little bit more honestly. And obviously I think that being an editor at Stocksy helped a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, you, you get to know what the, I guess what the cliches are. Right. So you have a better sense of where you want to go. Yeah. And I think it's, it's just easier for taking away the things that you 
that you know annoy you. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, because I think that's the case with anybody. You know, if you look at a lot of photography, you start to see things and you're like, oh, yeah, I saw that on this and I saw that on that. And God, I see that everywhere. And pretty soon you're done. <laughs> so it's just going back through our archives of the show. And it was episode six that we talked about portfolio platforms, platforms, mm-hmm. platforms. Yeah. Um, platforms. That was yeah. <laughs> January 14th, 2015. So a year and a half later, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> it took a long time, but you know what? Like, I think it's, it was the right move because I've been otherwise occupied. Yeah. Um, I've, I've stayed busy through this time with the clients that I've maintained and I've stayed busy working for Stocksy. And, you know, now I think it's just, we've, we've entered a time where, you know, my wife is, is fully available and we're becoming a, a real honest to God team. Mm-hmm. And she's starting to art direct and produce shoots and it's, uh, it's going really well. Awesome. Yeah. Um, we actually, we just finished up a job for one of our corporate clients. It's a real estate client and, uh, those images are going to be spread all over some prime real estate in Washington, DC. And it's, it's looks awesome. It's going to be great. Awesome. Uh, well, you guys working together leads well into the topic for this week, which, um, was actually user submitted. So, Hey, write to us if you have ideas. Um, this came from Mr. Malloy on Instagram and ah, Mr. Malloy suggested we talk about work-life balance. Mm-hmm. Which is a huge topic. <laughs> it's not, and it's not something that I put a bunch of thought into. I know he asked the question, but I don't have anything planned. So um, I'm going to be discovering my thoughts about this along with you. Yeah. Well, I think that for you and I, because we both work alongside our significant others, you know, we work together. And so I think that that um, it makes it a little bit easier considering what we do. There are a lot of jobs that people could fall into that description of being a workaholic. Um, but this is certainly one of them. I, I heard it. I remember hearing it in school and hearing it past school <laughs> um, from just about every working photographer I ever heard or knew or met was that if you're a successful photographer, that means you will be constantly busy. Yep. You know, there will never be a time when you have nothing to do. And that doesn't mean you'll be rich. It just means that even if you have you know, a reasonable amount of business, you will be constantly hustling. Right. And that is the fact. That is absolutely true. That was my first thought about this. And the main mm-hmm. thought that I've had coming into the, the conversation is that I think that a lot of the time people that are the most successful in virtually anything in, in many industries and photography is definitely one of them mm-hmm. um, don't necessarily have a work-life balance. They just that's, work. Yeah, like, that's, that's right. That you don't, um, and my go-to example for, you know, virtually anything to do with work is, you know, Steve Jobs. Everybody talks with Steve Jobs. And like, you look yeah. at Steve Jobs, like there was no work-life balance. And I think nobody at Apple has a work-life balance. They just work are obsessed. Yeah. They want to create the best things they can. Um, and so do I, but I don't think that's healthy. But Or like think about filmmakers or top actors, top directors, like, if you're working on a really significant movie and you're directing it, that is your whole life for that entire period of time. Yeah. You know, you may, you can take time off in between, um, but you will be working for 20 hours a day for some amount of months of the year. <laughs> your your kids will be pissed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I know game development has a lot of that same thing. Like there's so many parts of life that if you want to be at the top of it, you kind of are choosing between, uh, you know, work and, and, um, having 
fun, like having a, a lot of social life. But isn't this kind of, you know, like a North American thing more than anything else? Like, Which I, mean, I guess it? it's probably Maybe, spreading yeah. the culture of it, of being a workaholic, of working too much. Right. Yeah. You know, I think that that spreads throughout the culture and just in general. I know, I know what you're talking about. The I feel like there is a bit of a difference when you're working on your project, like something yeah. that really is for you and you can take credit for it in the end and all of the success from it goes to you. And what I definitely think of as the North American overworking problem is is more people overworking on jobs that they're aren't their own projects. Yeah. Because I, I just separate that to me because it's when it's yours, it's just so different than yeah. um, just working for someone else. Yeah. Well, they, they both come with many of their own problems. I mean, I think no that doubt. to a lot of people, the dream is to work for yourself. Like that's everything that you hope for and uh, what a lot yeah. of people aim for. Like that mm. is the dream. And there's a lot of self-help books on any shelf about, you know, the four hour work week and um, how to be your own boss. Mm -hmm. And there are just as many advantages. Uh, you're going to find problems, whether you're working for yourself or someone else, you're just trading off the challenges. Absolutely. Um, it is not, it is definitely not easier. Yeah. And as a photographer, guys, don't overlook like the convenience of having somebody else deal with your contracts. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just negotiating and, mm -hmm. Yeah, just following up on invoices. The amount especially of time is, is that. right, especially as a creative. You know, it doesn't have to be a photographer. Just any kind of art. It's hard. It's hard to get people to to respect the value in mm -hmm. some cases. I mean, it's getting better. I think in a lot of ways, or at least it got better for me. Maybe it's my own attitude. I don't know. Uh, I think that you know that's actually it's a good point because like there's been a lot of conversations that I've had with students and and friends about making money as a photographer, and usually what the advice I give is that you have to have a, a mindset that you are worth it and that you're that you're going to get paid and that you require to be paid and until you develop that like in a really honest way where it's it's coming out of you. You won't get paid because people will take every advantage they can. Well, could, could you imagine if you went to trade school to learn to be a plumber and you just kind of kept doing free jobs, hoping somebody would pay you, but you don't think you really – you're not sure if you deserve it because <laughs> no, you just not. graduated from plumbing school. So you're hoping to get some exposure first. Like it's crazy. Yeah, you went to school. You know how to do this. You charge people money. It, you are now providing a service that has value. Well, in that, in that example, people are handling shit, Tyler, mm -hmm. like nobody, nobody is going to assume that, that they would do it for free. But with, with taking pictures, you know, you often hear people say, well, do you just press a button or, you know, whatever the, the, you know, the tropes are, but obviously it's, it's a lot more than that. Well, yeah. So I just, did I just choose a bad example? Like, is there, what's, is there a better analogy? What's the same, but different? Yeah. Like a consultant. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, because you don't even see the work they do. Right. They just talk to you and, and write stuff down on paper mm -hmm. and make you feel like you're paying for something that's really worth something. And no offense to all your consultants out there. I know that you guys are awesome and you kick a lot of ass. So it's just that, you know, I think it's probably it's it's a frame of mind. Right. So like, no, when when you say consultant, what come what pops into my mind instantly is lots of money. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to have to pay you a lot of money to hear you talk. But when you say a photographer, 
I know that that, that that's that's a very variable scale <laughs> in which that I you know if I was uh, on the client side, I know that I could probably take some advantage of that. Yeah, depending on the apparent experience yeah. of the photographer. Well, and the truth is, I mean, it, it's similar to what I was talking about for working for yourself. It's one of those things that people. I think a lot of people kind of fetishize. They put it into that category of, of dream job. It's, you know, it's what people would do. It's, it's almost like people picture it as like a retirement thing, right? A lot of people get into it as they're older, like similar to gardening, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a way to, it's a way to relax and something to feel passionate about in your off time. So it seems like, wouldn't it be amazing if you could turn your hobby into a, full-time job um maybe (laughs) that's the answer to that yeah i mean it's yeah it's it's complicated isn't it yeah of course and the truth is that most people that are really going to succeed at it didn't it was really hard and and even if it wasn't really hard a lot of effort went into it it was not it doesn't come for free it comes through pain (laughs) yeah i mean think about musicians like how how often is a musician really successful without practicing a lot yeah, well, out. musicians, I mean, that's on a whole nother level. Yeah, but I, I just mean in terms of those dream jobs, like oh, yeah. all these things, you gotta, you have to really, really work for it. Yeah, no doubt. And that, go, that goes for even like the, the best paying jobs, yeah. you know, like they don't just fall in people's laps. This Actually, all this reminds me of an audiobook I listened to the other, a little while ago. Did I, rec- I may have recommended it, I don't remember, but um, it's called So Good They Can't Ignore You. And uh, yeah, I think you mentioned that. I think actually. I did. And it's just sort of against the idea of blindly following your passion and more about focus on getting good at things. And no, I, mean, I think you have to today. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if the, the world isn't going to give you a job that you love because you deserve it, like you have to be better than every other person out there trying to follow their passions as well. You know? Absolutely. Okay. But so how many um, professions do you think? dreams of having vacations where they can go and do the thing that they do professionally unabated by commercial pressure. Right. Cause that's, you know, that's most of well, us. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know about you, but like mm-hmm. most of like a lot of, of, of our peers mm-hmm. are like, Oh, I can't wait to go on a road trip and just shoot a bunch of film. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, I, I mean, I, I still like, I've been doing a lot of uh, travel jobs this year. Um, and I don't, it does not feel like vacation at all. Like it, it looks really fun. Um, and well, it is, yeah, it you, it's part of your job, <laughs> but yeah, it's not the same as just, uh, I think people think about it as in terms of like, you're just going to travel and yeah, shoot for your own art. Right. Yeah. But it is and so which, different. Which museums did you go to while you were there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, which, which beaches did I <laughs> relax on? And it's all day. Like it is 16, 18 hours a day between uh, of just doing things to get the job done of, of some right. kind of work on the project. I think another interesting part of that is it's occasionally in that situation, you can get through 16 to 18 hours a day because you don't have the distractions of your home life. Right. So you can just, you know, I mean, what else would you there, be doing? You got no, you got no PlayStation. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's funny though. Like I find now a lot of the time when I, have a bit of downtime when I'm like, look, I know I've got uh, two hours that there's, uh, there's no pressure in these two hours. Like my client jobs, I've got enough buffer that um, I'm not worried about them. I'll just clean my photos, like sort my Lightroom collections, delete rejects, and just try to catch up on the endless storage issues. Nightmare. I'm running yeah. Into. Yeah. 
just the management. I, I've, I'm never, ever caught up, not even close. I'm always months behind keeping things you know, sorted. What's kind of fascinating is that I am reasonably caught up. Oh, well, that's nice. Through our conversations since we started this whole mm-hmm, thing, mm-hmm. you know, I've upgraded gear. I got the Synology business um, and I changed the way that I organized my catalogs and everything just through talking to you about what you were doing. And I didn't change directly to what you do, Yeah, but I found a way that made more logical sense to me. And now it's just, it's way easier for me to, to separate things. And what am I doing wrong? <laughs> oh, well, I don't know. I mean, I guess you're traveling a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, I yeah. mean, I, I think the worst things I'm doing wrong are um, not putting enough time into that. Well, yeah. I mean, when you've got a lot of other things going on, I mean, that's kind of why, like when you have that, I guess, downtime, I don't know if that's really the right word, but like slower time and you can focus on that maintenance kind of work. That's why it's so critical to do that because then when, when things are crushing, your all your systems are working, yeah. Well, you know, and they're working for you and not against you. I'll throw in at this point that my Synology is having issues again. Um, I think OneDrive has had problems since the beginning. Uh, yeah. I guess I don't know yet if it's. I haven't moved things around enough times to know if it's OneDrive or One Bay keeps causing whichever drives in that bay to have issues. But I ordered a new drive to put in there, so I will finally know for sure. Mm. Um, but either way, it's eighty five percent full. So yeah, wow. <laughs> you know, what am I? What am I going to do? Like, I started pricing out a, a new one. So if if I look at getting something that is is bigger, so like a twelve bay drive, mm-hmm. which I, I think would be the smart thing to do. I don't think it makes sense to do another four bay uh, system because I that, I mean that filled quickly from yeah twenty twelve to twenty sixteen. It'll be a hundred percent full. Yeah, you shoot a lot. Yeah, so that's. Yeah, so I should get a bigger one next time. But I mean, it'll cost me about $3,000. Yeah, so the that's irony so here much money. is that if you want to, to have more time to spend with your family or your loved ones or whatever, mm-hmm. have you, you have to have a clean maintenance system yeah. or operation. Uh, in order to do that, you have to work on Saturday. <laughs> Absolutely. So either way, you're going to be working. Yeah. Well, and actually another wrench that's been thrown into it regards to traveling is now, uh, I used to just have to manage a Lightroom split between two computers, you know, Anya's iMac and my iMac that are sitting next to each other in the office, Mm -hmm. trying to keep those two Lightroom catalogs merged. Now we're on the road enough that our primary computers have become our laptops. So most of it's going through our Lightroom catalogs on laptops using external drives. And those never really get synced back up to the main machines. So I, there are literally now four active Lightroom catalogs of all our work. And wow, I don't know how I will ever unify them. I really, I, I have no plan for the future of someday bringing it all together and being able to search one place. It, at this point, it just, it doesn't seem possible. I mean, it seems like it would yeah. take multiple weeks of, of dealing with it to catch up. So I have a feeling either you will be hiring a consultant. Yeah. Or maybe perhaps <laughs> or just deleting everything <laughs> or yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it's yeah. you're in trouble. But. I know. What I was doing this week was I was kind of doing a emergency backup of all of the select. So I was going through and basically exporting everything that was one star or higher into a folder that was being synced to Google photos. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I used the free version of Google photos 
And that means the maximum size will back up to is 16 megapixels. So I'm not getting raw backups. Uh, I'm not getting the, like the best case scenario, but it means that everything is backed up there. JPEG minis. Yeah, basically like good, good JPEGs. I, I don't know. I did that just as a emergency thing. And cause I like the searchability of Google photos. Mm. It, I never it, used it. Oh, oh, it's great for, especially for your phone. The unlimited free backup just really changes everything that as long as you keep syncing to it every once in a while, you will have everything. Like no matter what happens to your phone, no matter what happens to anything, it will be there. And it does really smart stuff for no matter what happens to Google. Well, to you personally <laughs> or to your phone, especially, um, and what, hap- what happens if Google goes away? Well, yeah, it's also backup. This is never going to be the only place that my photos live. So I, with my phone, I use a Google backup and then a, also a Dropbox backup. And the Dropbox creates local copies of everything as well. See, but that's the thing is that like you are a, a pro user. And so you back things up redundantly. Yeah. But if you're a casual user and you get used to something like Google Photos. Yeah. No, I mean, this is a problem of our age. Um, yeah. No, it's a big problem though, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's, uh, yeah, it's huge. I mean, most people aren't even backing up once, let alone, uh, redundant. So. Right. And now I'm worried about the new, uh, I don't, I don't know if you follow Mac operating system news, but in the new Mac OS, they will be allowing you to offload some of your local regular data. So in the same way that on an iPhone right now, if you have iCloud storage, you can say, optimize my photo storage. Mm-hmm. And if you're paying for iCloud storage, that means that it'll quietly start to remove photos off your device that are already uploaded to the cloud. So when you're flipping through your iPhoto catalog, it just shows you thumbnails and it doesn't pull down a full-size one until you click on it, but you're not actually storing the full-size image anywhere. It's incredibly convenient, mm-hmm. but the idea of doing that with my whole hard drive, it, it just means that you you don't know what is available, especially on a laptop and you're off of the internet. You have no idea what is available to your machine. And if anything yeah. goes wrong... Uh, well, I'll show you. No, wait, I'm not on Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, that seems like... Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. And I think that eventually, assuming that, that Donald Trump doesn't become president, mm-hmm. Wi-Fi will be everywhere. And we'll be constantly connected with all of our devices, no matter what we're doing. It seems kind of like an inevitability, yeah, right? I, I still think that you'll always want to have control over your your stuff. Uh, I can't imagine it. Well, it's just not a good idea that we're in some day where, especially professionals, completely trust a third party because they they go away or they cancel the product or you get hacked or whatever um yeah that's i know that's scary no it's a lot to think about yeah so i mean the best we can do is be redundant um and uh hope not by analog yeah i hope not (laughs) too many things go wrong it also made me realize that hard drive prices have really stopped falling really yeah i was looking up charts of them as well and they just uh i I know ssds yeah ssds are still getting cheaper fast but that's um, good. Yeah, spinning disks haven't really. They're they're they just kind of is stopped the, growing. Is the capacity still growing? Gradually, but I think it just all. I think we're starting to hit the maximums of these technologies. Yeah, it seems like. I don't well, know. I, we'll I don't we'll follow hardware closely. We'll get into nanotechnologies soon enough, and yeah. they'll be all. Well, I know that we're hitting diminishing returns on processor speed as well. That Moore's law has been true up until this point that we keep doubling speed, but we 
can start to foresee a time where the technology is getting too small to have those same speed gains. And basically mm-hmm. the, the, what we've become used to in extremely fast processor speed growth will stop happening someday. Just strange. Mm. And until something new happens, I mean, there will be other breakthroughs, I bet, but um, we won't be able to do it the same way that we have. Mm. Uh, what are we talking about? Why are we here? <laughs> well, we went off on a tangent there. I was, I was just going to say, I'm not sure what that has to do with work-life balance, but I'm sure it connects somehow. Yeah. Uh, just listen to this podcast backwards and um, <laughs> trace the thread. You know, I, I think that I can talk to something that that's only more recently become a bit of a of a conundrum for me is that um, I guess it's because, you know, during the day when I'm working, you know, my son is at school, so he doesn't realize that I'm not around, you know, like he's fine. Cause he's, he's otherwise occupied and it's a normal thing. Uh, but like even tonight, you know, I go and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go for a shoot. I'm only gone for two and a half hours. I get back and he's, he's just been having a fit. And I'm like, why are you having a fit bud? And he's just like, well, I just missed you so much. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, wasn't gone that long. It it's a uh, it's a little bit worrisome, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm like, wait, okay. So I'm I work from home. My son gets to see me a lot. Is it too much? <laughs> right. Is he too used to how much he gets of you? Is that what I mean? Or what, what that's you... kind of what I'm what I'm wondering. And I'm right. just like, well, you got to understand, buddy. That, that you know, and I'm trying to explain the necessities and and the wonderful nature of independence. You know, yeah. of just having your own like things to do and your own mind occupied. Yeah. And, you know, I think that when he, um, you know, when I, I see him start working on projects and stuff, like, you know, I see that take hold and, and it's all fine, you know, but like when he doesn't have something to do, then it's mommy, daddy. Mm-hmm. And as a professional, especially as a, as a working photographer, I mean, I guess it's not especially, I imagine it's probably similar to being a lawyer where it's just like, well, you know, I have work to do that has to be done right now because my client is expecting this by, but you know, tonight or tomorrow or something. And, and so like, I love you, (laughs) but if you want to continue to have a roof and food, like I gotta, I gotta do this work. I gotta do this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know if this, I think everybody needs to be bored sometimes because we yes. never really are. <laughs> well, it's getting harder and harder, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what, what this reminds me of those as far as, I mean, I can speak better to adults than to children, but, um, you know, so when we as adults are bored, I think a really common thing is that we will watch TV or mm-hmm. browse the internet or yeah, I mean, catch up on play Instagram or play video games. And honestly, um, that is the stuff that is most likely to get in the way of you becoming a professional. I hate to say it cause you know, I, I like game of Thrones. It's, it's the one show I watch, but that's all I can afford to watch is one show because I'm, I'm making stuff. And yeah. I think if you want to make stuff, professionally if you want to get paid to make stuff that has to be what you do in your spare time yep i think you have to stop thinking about killing time and passing the time and look for look for moments that you can create something new and that's how people end up getting jobs in creative industries yeah well and i think you know a lot of people ask me you know how do you balance being the contract manager for Stocks United 
and being a working professional photographer who is pretty much constantly active and be a husband and a father. And my go-to answer is I have no idea. (laughs) Honestly, like, I don't know. Uh, IPA, I guess, you know, helps a lot. Um, But I think that also, you know, because I have a unique luxury of being able to work from home, even though I'm working a lot, I can stand up and go and hug my kid and son. Yeah. Uh, Or, you know, just take a 10 minute break and, and talk to my wife. Yeah. And, you know, that makes a huge, huge difference. Well, I and definitely so, don't want to make any of this sound like complaining that uh, yeah, all no, this hard exactly. work is something to complain about. It's more a frustration with when people express the idea that like they would do anything to have a creative job and they really mean they do anything except put in all the hard work. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, uh, the funniest thing about, and I'm really, I'm actually curious to, to see if this is true for you as well, is that like usually... When the weekend comes and I don't have a job or I don't have a plan to do something, I get, you know, and if I have the opportunity where I could be creating something, I get terrible anxiety because mm-hmm. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, yeah. why am I not making something right now? Yeah. Yeah. I get, like, I get, I, right now I'm busy enough that I do look forward to little bits of downtime. Mm-hmm. Right now I could really use just four or five hours of not having to do anything, but, um, but per after, day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but after, you know, say two or three hours of not being productive, I definitely get too antsy to, to not, like I will, I, I, I couldn't spend more than two hours not working on something and it's not work. I mean, it's just, it's just make that might just be playing with a new iPhone app and, uh, learning how it works and trying to make a little digital whatever with it or watching a tutorial about software that I am not very good at yet. Or, you know, it's, it's, it's not always work work, but it's like moving my brain forward and getting yeah. better at something or making something that didn't exist yesterday or just things that aren't passive, you know? Yeah. For me, actually, it's been uh, working with black and white film more. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get into that later, actually. I'll talk about that as my thing. Oh, okay. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's really, it's a, it's a curiosity. Cause like, I, I always wonder, I'm just like, is this the catalyst for your, for your genius work is being super stressed out and bored Yeah, or having terrible anxiety because you're so bored and you're like, you're, you feel like a failure cause you don't know what you're going to do. I mean, whatever works for you. <laughs> I don't know. Those, those moments though, also they're very trying and difficult moments. Cause sometimes, you know, you'll go and you'll look and, you're thinking about what you're going to do next and you go and look at what you've already done. And although the work that you'd already done was perfectly satisfactory yesterday, today it's utter crap and that you're a total failure. Mm-hmm. And like, what are you doing? Like, how, are, how is it that, that people pay you? Right. <laughs> you know, and then, and then by the end of the day, you, you make something that maybe you think is brilliant and hopefully other people do. And uh, it keeps you going, hopefully. But yeah, I mean, that's, uh, it's always, it's always on my mind. Well, for sure. There's just the feeling of looking back at any past work. And, um, I think this is universal, but looking back and just kind of hating everything you ever did <laughs> or, or always thinking that, um, you know, your, your best work is ahead of you. That's the positive way of putting it. Sure. And I, I've always felt that way. I've never looked back and thought like, you know, my portfolio site right now or my Instagram feed right now, these are all the best photos I'm ever going to take. It's always like, yeah, I, you know, I did all right. Like it's not bad, but 
uh, next time I'm going to, I'm going to knock it out of the park. I'm going to do so much better next time. I can't believe I even wasted my time making all those mistakes. Yeah. I think I'm a terrible judge in, in real time. Yeah. You know? Um, and then it's, it's, it's ironic because, you know, as a, as an editor for a website that focuses on what I do, it's, it's probably surprising to people to hear that. Like, I also have the same exact struggles with, you know, is my work any good? Yeah. Because it's my job to judge. Well, I think anybody that doesn't have that problem is probably just overconfident. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my experience, like that's those are the people that don't have anxieties or self doubt. Are people that just have too big of egos? Um, usually, it's not proportional to their work necessarily. There, there aren't many people that are the best at what they do that know that they are. I, I in the in the people I've met personally, typically people that really create great work, have that feeling of always wanting to do better next time. Yeah. That's the thing is I don't even know what, what that means, you know, to imagine like, Oh, I'm the best like that. Whoa. What? Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, it's like a common question that people ask each other, like what, who, what's your favorite band? And you know, that's not a question I can ever answer. I've never been able to answer that question. Yeah. I'm like, well t- today or what? And like, <laughs> like give me a genre, you know, like mm-hmm. make this easy for me because I have too many bands I love. There's too much music I love. So, you know, when, when the idea of holding the number or I'm the best trophy or whatever, like for anything, it just, it seems ludicrous to me. And I, I mean, this started for me when I was really young because I remember, you know, when I started learning guitar and all these guitar magazines and I, you know, they'd always say Jimi Hendrix was the greatest guitar player that ever lived. And I'm like, you know, I grew up in the, in the era of Eddie Van Halen and I'm like, no, dude, <laughs> Steve Vai and Eddie Van Halen shred on that, dude. Of course, then, you know, time and experience hit me and I'm like, nah, Jimi Hendrix is way better. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like it's, it's all, it's all relative to what you know anyway. So, yeah. well, I've also felt yeah. like, and maybe I'm alone in this, but I kind of know that I'm not. Generally, the successes that you have, even the greatest successes, like the best jobs that I've had, um, or that I should say we've had uh, with Anya and I, um, where we both have a client that we're really proud that they wanted to work with us. And then we create work that we are proud of when it's finished and that everything went as well as it could. Um, mm-hmm. You don't really feel any, it doesn't change anything at the end of the day. Hmm. So at, at a very small scale, let's say that this was winning awards. Like, let's say that it's like you won, so you're winning Oscars instead. It's exciting in the moment of the th- the thing happening that you dreamed about and that seemed too good to be true in the past. But after it's happened, you just look for the next thing. <laughs> it's kind right. of the same as buying stuff. Like you can't just sit on those accomplishments and um, polish them for the rest of your life and actually get any satisfaction out of it. Once you've accomplished that thing that you looked forward to, there's just another thing to look forward to. It's the same as, as acquiring, uh, you know, buying camera gear. Like, great. That's why I, that's yeah. why I like challenging music, Tyler. Right. <laughs> you know, like I need to be challenged by it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, I, it doesn't hold my attention long enough. Right. But I, you know, it's also, you know, just to be cliche, because <laughs> why not? Um, it's the journey, not the destination. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's, you know, also with video games, like I tend to, to <laughs> loathe playing a video game that has, 
you know, like some epic conclusion because then it's over. Yeah, you don't just play. You don't just play games for the credits. That's the only reason I picked them. <laughs> I hate the, like I hate the credits on video games so hard. And I'm the kind of guy that actually sticks around and reads the credits at a movie. Do Do you read them to read them or to see what's going to happen after the credits? I read them to, I'm going to be honest. It wasn't like, I just felt like I needed to pay respect. Right. It was more that I have a friend who absolutely feels that he needs to pay respect. And so he makes us wait <laughs> Okay, every time. So it just became a habit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can tell you without any d- doubt that, when I go with my wife, that doesn't happen. She's like, let's get out of here right now. Because <laughs> yeah. she's like, you, you're insane. We're leaving. Well, that's, yeah, that's why. But then you miss the, the, the end. <laughs> well, do you not stay for the Marvel things? I mean, you got to at least oh, watch I those do, ones. Oh, I of course. Yeah. Well, I, I, I see those movies with that guy. Do you Google it on the way out? Because I always do. I'm like, is there an ending to this movie that I'm about to walk out of? <laughs> uh, I do no, that for virtually every movie just to make sure um, either not missing something or no i generally don't because that's not the like i I, most of the those movies that do that anyway are the kind of movie that i go to see it in the theater because of it's that type of movie Mm -hmm. like the marvel movies for instance i'm not gonna go see that with my wife i mean not that there's anything non-feminine awesome about it you know for for women but like she's she could give a shit. Well, they could also be more feminine awesome, based on The Last Avengers anyway. Oh, they definitely could. I mean, but everything could and should, frankly. Uh, oh, well, I shouldn't get into Game of Thrones on the show. Do you watch Game of Thrones? Though? I don't know. Uh, I had, but um, oh, okay. we ditched cable. Okay. So we're Netflix only currently. It just got very girl power in the last episode, and it's pretty. It's it's going well. It's a good show. but um, I like girl power, yeah. frankly. Um, what's our time at? Do, uh, you said you have a thing and you said that it's related to black and white film. Yeah. So, you know, I've been in my personal endeavors. I've mostly only wanted to shoot black and white film recently. Um, not that I have anything against color. I love it, but I typically love it most when I'm shooting with my Mamiya Mm -hmm. and not a whole lot with, uh, 35 millimeter. Uh, I guess with the exception of the Olympus XA, uh, which offers a unique color palette that I really like uh, because of the way that that lens works. But, you know, to be honest with you, I'm feeling a little underwhelmed by my the, the color I'm getting from my Nikon gear. Like it's not I think it's nice, but I'm bored with it. OK. Um, and that's that's really what it comes down to is just I'm, I'm kind of just gotten bored with it. So <laughs> I've found like my limitations, I guess. Um and so I'm looking for something else. And, you know, I've been, I like the immediacy or the relative immediacy of working with black and white because I can just come home and do it. Well, what is your process then? How do you deal with it at home? Do you develop it at home as well? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I develop everything from 35 to large format at home uh, in black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, and so recently, and this is my thing, is that, um, you know, I was looking for something that made it a little bit easier and like maybe more accessible, you know, just, I mean, it's all coming down to ease in time. Um, but so I checked out Monobath developers. Um, and so I looked into new 55 and they have a, a, a newer, uh, chemical that they're working with. It's called R5 and it's, yeah, it's a monobath. So it's I had basically no monobath was even a word. That's really interesting. I'm right. So that, the- and that's, that's neither had I, you know, so like when I heard about it, somebody said, oh, you should try this. Cause I was talking about having problems with sheet film. 
And somebody said, try a monobath, you know, because it doesn't require agitation. And uh, unfortunately, I found out that that's actually not true. It <laughs> uh, still needs a little bit of agitation. So, um, but anyway, you know, the monobath is, uh, it's all in one. It's a developer stop fix all in one shot Amazing. and it takes six minutes. And there's no downside? Like why, why hasn't it always been this way? Well, there are downsides. So the okay. downside are that, that like it has certain characteristics to it that that are different. <laughs> and and I've, I've really had a hard time putting my finger on it myself. And I feel like I'm pr- fairly analytical, so I'm kind of surprised that I haven't been able to figure it out. But um, there's just – there's a difference in, in, in the blacks with this developer. It's just it's, – it's pretty intense. And it's, I want to say it's more contrasty okay. than, you know, say your typical you like, know, like or crushing them, like you're losing detail or. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. I think that I'm losing a little bit of detail to be honest with you, but in, in, in a way that I like, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's really intriguing to me. Hmm. And I also, you know, cause it, it, it gives you a mood. Um, and that's, I mean, obviously, you know, it's black and white. You want a mood, right? Um, and so, you know, I've I've been enjoying it. Um, but I've also had quite a lot of frustrating failures with it. Like where yeah. you ruined the film or what happened? Yeah, well, and, you know, of, of course, the, the the bummer about all of it is is realizing, oh, it's because I'm stupid. You know, like it wasn't, it had nothing to do with the developer. It was because I was an idiot. It was the, like in one, it was the developer in, person. Yeah, it was, it was the operator. Yeah. So in one case, you know, I, I didn't uh, agitate and the film just came out looking real weird. And, you know, I shared, I don't know, did you see it? I shared it on my Instagram. Maybe. I it was one of one? My, my family. Well, uh, it was done on four by five sheet film. You got to here, send me all of these when we're done as well. So I know exactly what we're talking about, but I'll I'll go look while we talk. Yeah. And it it just, it looks really ghostly as our friend Paul Edmondson stated. (laughs) It just, it's like, it's like, I don't know. I was like, is this cool? And you know, his comment was like, it's ghostly. I'm like, it is ghostly. It's almost haunting. Um, but it's also sweet. It's a, you know, sweet family. Yeah. I actually didn't see it till now, but ghostly is the right word. Yeah, and it's uh, it's it's a really odd effect. Yeah, huh. um, but that's not you know. I mean, if you look at a couple of the previous sh- uh, shots that I've posted, also done w- with the same developer, not the same film. You know, you, I'm getting a, a wide variety of effects depending on how well I I did the process. Right. Yeah. But that's that's the other things I'm experimenting. You know, like I'm I'm trying drums. I'm trying different things to, to get the job done. Cause I've been more or less unsatisfied. So last night I tried uh, trays. I tried developing four by five sheets in trays and you know, like the thing that sucks about this R5 is that it has a really super potent ammonia smell mm-hmm. um, that you cannot stand over. So, you know, I'd have to like in the pitch black, I'd have to walk up to it, agitate it, walk away from it, <laughs> walk back to it, agitate it, walk away from it for six minutes. Uh, thankfully it's only six minutes, but in, in that condition, six minutes feels like in a very long time. And so then by the time I got, you know, to, to the six minute point, turn the light on, you know, there was practically nothing on the film. And so I was like, damn it. You know, cause this, but this stuff is also one of the benefits of it is it's supposed to have a shelf life that lasts quite a long time. Okay. You can reuse it for a while without it dying. 
or, you know, that's what I understood anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like, you know, I'm like, God, I can't believe it's only a week old and I've only used it like four times and it's dead. Right. That's total crap. And then today I was thinking about it and I was like, man, I'm just so frustrated. What, what went wrong? Was it the film I used? And then I, (laughs) I went and looked at the camera and I realized that I had metered correctly but I did not take into account that I'd had a yellow filter on and it was a, a, oh. a, a two times uh, factor. So there's two whole stops. Right. So uh, in this case, basically I underexposed the shit out of it. <laughs> and that's why there was barely an image on it. And it had nothing. I don't think it had anything to do with the developer, but now it's like, okay, that experiment was a total failure. <laughs> I have to try again. Yeah. And, and hopefully there's nothing too good on that roll. Right. Yeah. So that is, you know, but that's my thing. That's what I've been doing this past week. And, um, it's not like I have any time, but this, it it actually, it's the kind of, this seems like a solution to my time problem, you know, because this allows me to have that hobby within my profession Mm -hmm. that, that keeps me learning and keeps me interested and keeps me moving forward, but is, you know, there's no consequence to it. Well, yeah. it just, it just is what it is. And, and like, that's, that's the end of it. So I mean, it does sound like it takes some patience. Oh yeah, for sure. But it's, it's, it's the kind of thing where as you develop the skill, it just gets better and better and mm-hmm. you enjoy it more. So uh, yeah. So that was, that's been my thing. Cool. Well, if people want to see the photos you're referring to, what's, what's your Instagram again? Uh, so my Instagram is, is camera run, uh, and it's spelled odd. It's K A M M E R U N. Uh, well, here, I'll link it. I'll link it up in the show notes too, just in case. Yeah, or you know, I, I I've been sharing these ones on my Twitter as well, which we already gave that. Okay. So cool. You can find it on my Twitter, and if you want to follow, then you can follow it from there. Awesome. Yeah. I already forgot my thing. Um, I must. Have, <laughs> I did. Did must I not write this it. down somewhere? Open a window. Oh my god! I actually forget what it was. Well, oh no, I know one of them. This is more of a news item, but. It's, I think, absolutely worth mentioning because it's right up our alley. But did you see the Hasselblad announce or leak today? So it's not even announced yet. Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, no, you didn't? Oh, well, oh. okay, go over to my Twitter and see the link. Uh, and meanwhile, I will describe the, the beautiful camera that um, is apparently coming. Uh, this is not a news show. And in the the goal of it is to be timeless. And this will not be a timeless segment because this camera just got announced. But basically, it is a mirrorless uh, medium format camera called the X1D from Hasselblad. And it looks really, really cool. Are you looking at it yet? Oh yeah. I'm, I'm jeweling. (laughs) You're ordering it. (laughs) So it's, uh, I mean, it reminds me of uh, your Mamiya, the Mamiya 7. Yeah, it's exactly what it looks like. It's so this is, to me, this is filling what I just realized was a hole in the medium format market is because it was there for film. We had mm-hmm. rangefinders. Um, it's basically like a compact medium format camera, and it is really, really beautiful. The design of it is just—it's really stunning. Yeah. Like I'm looking at it, just going, "What?" It is <laughs> the most interesting thing that Hasselblad has done in a long time. So. I feel like maybe wow. we'll come back to it after it's really announced. Uh, even like the price on it, I don't want to go into it in case it changes, but it's looking pretty good. I don't know if you saw that part, but wow, yeah. I'm, I'm... So let's circle back to this once it's a real thing. But uh, isn't that great? 
Hey, how many megapixels does it have? <laughs> I actually didn't look. Uh, I don't know. Oh, 50. Yeah. So, of course, that makes it uh, within the, the relative medium format yeah. range. Yeah. But I feel like that's the the most obvious question people will ask. Yeah. Um, so Ooh, that thing's good looking. I know. Although, like, you know, the thing I... I dislike about all digital products like this is is the the mostly um touch screen interface you know like i still like buttons and knobs and shit yeah yeah that's actually really true when i look at the back fit the interface is completely there's no knobs there is virtually nothing on the back but uh, but it looks like it has like similar to nikon it has a shutter and aperture dials on the front and back well let's let's Put a put a flag in it. Let's come back when this is actually official, and uh, we'll, it might turn out these are all three D renderings, and this camera doesn't exist. So. <laughs> um, I really hope it does because this thing is looking really cool. Yeah, but I, I think not it's, that I can afford it, but it looks awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder who it's going to be for. Really, like, you know, is it a expensive street photography camera, or I don't know. You know, yeah. I mean, is it for nerds like me with our Mamias? Yeah, I don't know. Um, okay. So my other somewhat of a pick, which I, I is also preemptive. I'm doing basically everything earlier than I should, but I'm going to okay. just quickly touch on Filmborn, which is oh, yeah. the forthcoming, uh, iPhone app from Maston labs from our friend mm-hmm. Kirk Maston. And, um, I just got a beta version of it the other day and I'm playing with it and it's going to be cool. So, um, he's starting to tease it and it's worth looking at and, um, yeah, I mean, there haven't been enough good uh, Visco competitors in the market, and so I'm really glad to see that he's he's gunning for it. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm really, really curious. We should uh, we should invite him on. Yeah, yeah. Once uh, there's once he's got something to talk about, mm-hmm. we'll definitely talk to him about it. And once we've both had a chance to give him an honest critique. Yeah, too. and it's also in beta. Um, I don't even want to comment on how it's working because it's been it's been evolving, but um, mm-hmm. I know that it's going to be cool. So. Yeah, how could it not be? Yeah, Kurt's a great guy. Um, and then Kirk, I'm, I'm going to do a whole bunch of uh, really little non-full picks. I'm still listening to Star Wars Minute a lot. <laughs> I've just been thinking about Star Wars all the time lately. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I, I don't remember if I mentioned before the other podcast is Imaginary Worlds. It is just so good, and I know it's not big yet. Uh, mm-hmm. But I just really strongly recommend it. They're relatively short, like about a half hour or less per episode. And they're well-researched, really great storytelling. It is NPR quality, but from an independent producer. And he's talking about fiction. Uh, a lot of great Star Wars episodes and uh, sci-fi and fantasy stuff. And it's um, it's so well done and I think just deserves a, a bigger listenership than I think it has at the moment. So, So you said Imaginary World? Uh, worlds, yeah, imaginary worlds. worlds. Yeah, yep, there it is. It's really, really great show, and it's not very long. Great, and uh, of course, our show. So, uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks for <laughs> listening to it, and tell your friends if you enjoy it. And uh, yes. also, you can leave us a review on iTunes because we never remember to ask for that. And also, ask questions like like Mister Malloy did. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. We love to hear what you think about photography and yeah i mean if you if you like hearing us run our mouths like give us something to run (laughs) our mouths about and we will we'll do it yeah exactly if you want more episodes uh pressure us into it yeah all right talk make us talk trash about each other (laughs) yeah maybe that'll be one of them what are what are your top five things you hate about your (laughs) co-host 
stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> Do we say them out loud? <laughs> Whoops. 